The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. It is time for Streetwise with former chief of the New York City Sheriff's Department, former chief of the Seagate Police Department, retired New York City detective, Time Warner Public Access Media Award, Joe Franklin Super Excellence in Broadcasting Memory Lane Award, New York Veteran Police Association Streetwise Productions, host of Streetwise, Mr. Lou Tarano. Uh, good evening and welcome back to Streetwise. Uh, my guest this evening is the uh, president and founder of uh, Diamond Associates. Nothing to do with jewelry. She is uh, uh, internationally known a speaker, educator, forensic therapist, talks about conflict in the workplace, and that's exactly what uh, Arlene Diamond and I will be talking about, this tremendous conflict with uh, going on at the hearings for Supreme Court Justice in Washington with Judge Brent Kavanaugh and Christine Blasey Ford, who accuses Judge Brent Kavanaugh of a sexual assault 36 years ago. And it just surfaced... Uh, Coincidentally, at the uh, last week, or actually a day before, the decision was going to be made in regard to the confirmation of uh, Judge Brent Kavanaugh being appointed to the United States Supreme Court. Obviously, uh, like my last, my the show before me, there's something fishy going on there. But uh, before she comes on, I just want to touch on a couple of things. So, by the way. Uh, before my guest comes on, I can take one or two quick calls. Just quickly uh, say what you have to say or ask a quick question and then hang up. All righty? So I can probably take two calls in a moment. 516-623-121240, by the way. One, two, that's our station, 1240. 623-1240, and that's 516. Uh, you know, I, I talk about this each week about since the uh, – since – Mayor de Blasio in New York City prevents to actually stop the stop and frisk and question that was going on for many, many years. It was a policy in the New York City Police Department of searching people. Yes, searching them. That's correct. And uh, not indiscriminately, like they say, and that's the reason why it was stopped. Uh, it was for guns and drugs, and, and, and it worked. And so anyway, that's that's uh, been eliminated uh, a year ago by uh, Bill de Blasio and and each week I, I tell you about the same thing another young kid was shot again in the head playing basketball in, in, in a schoolyard in Brownsville, Brownsville, Brooklyn you know and I say this every week you know and, and I, I've spoken to, to politicians senators and assemblymen recently in, in the city of New York and I touched on it and, you know, you don't get an answer from, from them, especially one of the senators, and they shot up his office. I mean, it was not no intent. There was a shooting in Brooklyn outside his office, and a couple of bullets went into his Senate office. And I said, well, what do you think about now about this stop and frisk, you know? And you, you know what's sad? Because the, the race has been added to this, because they're saying what who the, the people that are well, actually uh, – Ed de Blasio, or Bill de Blasio, I'm sorry. He, uh, what he's saying is it only affects black and brown people. But you know what's sad? That's the only people that are being shot. That's the only young people that are dying in the streets of New York, you know. So, uh, we have to do something. And the father was being interviewed, uh, 
on on the news last night. He was saying, "Why don't the how? Why don't they get the guns off the street?" Hey, the police would love to get the guns off the street. They know what to do. They know their job. They're not going to just go up to some postman or bus driver and just search them. You know, they know who the target. They know who's carrying a gun. They know from previous experience or from information from someone, which you get a lot. So, again, another young life lost in Brooklyn, you know, in the city of New York, I should say. So uh, uh, what can I tell you? We have to bring it back, you know, and I don't know if it's going to happen because it's a, a political issue. Now, last week I was, uh, and something that I said, uh, you know, when I was talking about uh, certain things, uh, current events, before my guests uh, came on the show, and uh, I was corrected on Twitter. This is great, you know. So, anyway, what I said last week was that... Uh, Donald Trump released three cop killers. In the, uh, when I say released, he, uh, I said he approved the release uh, and the pardon of three cop killers in the city of New York. It, actually, it was it was Andy Cuomo, the governor, because I was talking about Donald Trump in a different subject, and I just repeated his name. But it's Andy Cuomo, the governor, who approved the pardon of three cop killers this year in 2018. But you know what's interesting? Uh, Andy Cuomo with the assistance from the state assemblymen and legislators he's trying to uh, get a bill enacted. Uh, it's a state bill to uh, to uh, against uh, Donald Trump. I'm going to say Donald Trump. I'm going to make sure I get the names correct. And, uh, uh, if he is going to try to pardon two of his associates who've been recently convicted, one was his attorney and one was a campaign uh, manager. Paul Manafort was his campaign manager, and uh, he uh, he was convicted on a white collar crime and had nothing to do with Donald Trump. This was going on for years before he got involved in the campaign with Donald Trump, and uh, and then Michael Cohen, his lawyer, again. Uh, nothing to do with uh, Donald Trump except they were associates of Donald Trump. I'm sure you know someone that had problems before, uh, convicted or, you know, even arrested. Or many, all of us do know someone, uh, that had, had issues. But anyway, but what he wants to do, uh, if Donald Trump pardons anyone, he's gonna accuse, he's, it's so hard to believe. I'm looking at this legislation and bill that he wants to submit. Obstruction of justice bill that if the Senate and Assembly puts it through, he's going to sign it and he's going to use that as a impeachable offense. Obstruction of justice. You know something? Thank you, Andy Cuomo. You gave me a great idea because I may put together a group of people to use that same obstruction of justice legislation against you for exactly worse than what uh, what he's saying that what's what's he going to do against Donald Trump for for white collar crimes this is great folks you know 
But who's the problem is who's going to put that bill through? It's not going to be a Democratic assemblyman or senator, but they may be able to get some uh, non-Democrat or maybe a conservative Democrat to put legislation in to to put a bill in for obstruction of justice to impeach Andy Cuomo, you know, for approving the pardon of three cop killers this year. Thank you, Andy Cuomo. Thank you for, for, for letting us know that. But but you imagine you imagine that here's here's a guy, the governor, that approves the pardon of three cop killers and he wants to put in legislation to impeach Donald Trump if he impeaches other people. It, it, you know, it's just the way it is. This is the this is the people that are running our government today. So uh Again, while I'm talking about Andy Cuomo, if you remember the special prosecutor, Brett Bahara, he's pretty much uh, responsible for the uh, demise of uh, Dean Skelis, the And he was the Republican, the head of the Senate, and Selden Silva, who's the head of the, uh, the Democratic head of the uh, Assembly in New York State. And then when he and when he got to Andy Cuomo and he got to Andy Cuomo he was knocking on his door by the way and Andy Cuomo stopped the investigation he he curtailed the special prosecutor from going any further remember that please remember that election day folks you know this is this is what we have running New York State and if you recall recently when he was running for re-election. Uh, he, he didn't. I, I, he really took on uh, his, uh, his opposition. Uh, what's the heck is the name? Uh, Nixon, anyways. Uh, look, if I don't know, I don't know. I guess he didn't know either. He was running against uh, Cynthia Nixon, but uh, when he was running against her, he was targeting Donald Trump. You would think he was running against Donald Trump, and you know something? He probably was because of us, like Chuck Schumer, and so many of these. Uh, High-profile Democrats are thinking of throwing their hat in in two and a half years from now or two years from now to campaign and run against Donald Trump. I can't wait till that happens. Folks, you want to see a great show, you watch all these Democrats in the Democratic primary in 2020 running for the nomination for president of the United States of America. I'm going to try to get front-row seats. This is going to be the show of shows, because you see who uh, Biden, the ex-vice president, wants to run, uh, Booker, Senator Booker, uh, they're talking about Hillary Hillary again, but I don't think she'll be well enough, but just, just, a, just a, a couple of names, Kerry, former senator, so many Democrats are, are working on doing fundraising and doing exploratories, uh, they think that Donald Trump is vulnerable, folks. It's not vulnerable. I'll tell you that. It's only the people that don't like him that are making all the noise out there. We all know the silent majority, which is all of us, uh, elected Donald Trump. And, again, you heard it here. You didn't hear it at first. Uh, but you hear people saying, but I did say it early, that Donald Trump will win by a landslide in 2020. Now, 
couple of other things that uh, are a little off the wall. And if we put the same, and i got to say this, I'm not a, by the way, folks, I'm not a registered Republican. I'm not a registered conservative, by the way. I have, I have in the past been a registered Democrat for many, many years. So people assume, and I get these calls many times, and, you know, they say, well, Lou, what do you know? You were a diehard right-wing Republican. I don't know what right-wing means, truthfully. Somebody explained that to me. So, uh, maybe because I express who, whom I feel would be the best person uh, to run our government. I'm a right winger because I don't agree with their policy, their narrative. All right, you know, I'm, I'm having a tough time with this legalization of recreational marijuana. What's recreational marijuana? Uh, what, is, what does that mean? Recreational marijuana? Uh, medical marijuana? Uh, I've already said I have no problem with that. But if someone is ill and they're in pain, obviously, yes, let them have it. But they're not going to fly an airplane. They're not going to drive a school bus. You know, they're not going to do surgery on you. You know, so. But this recreational uh, marijuana. I mean, it's just. A, and you know, some. Uh, I, we already have it in uh, in Denver, in Colorado. We have it in California. It, it's a little hazy here in the state of New York. Yes, we do. No, we don't. Yes, we do. Uh, truthfully, I, I'm not sure. But I know if you smoke a joint on the corner. Um, you're not going to get locked up by the local police, I can tell you that. And even Cy Vance, the district attorney in Manhattan, says he's not going to prosecute anyone that's arrested for possession of marijuana. Okay, cops cops weren't doing that anyway, folks. So uh, they were given, if they did arrest you, it was summonsable. Nobody got handcuffed. You got the summons. Obviously, if you had a warrant or you wanted, you know, that's another story. But... Uh, you were given a summon, so that this is a farce, but keep in mind, it's been proven, marijuana is an hallucinogenic. Keep that in mind. Yes, it is. Medically speaking, it's hallucinogenic, you know. So, uh, and I can tell you this from my experience, you know, it's a gateway. And uh, I, I went to, you know, I did address people discussing about legalization of marijuana at these different places and when I get up and speak they tell me I'm not telling the truth that I'm lying and uh, or I'm being deceitful so I talk about my background before I walked the beat in the city of New York I walked the beat in the jails in the city of New York and when inmates come in prisoners come in defendants come in use any terminology you want who's arrested one of the questions you ask them which you know because you can see them uh are you a drug addict? They tell you yes. This is all. This is all paperwork, and they're not going to lie to you. They're coming in jail. That's when they tell you the truth, by the way. Uh, and if you ask them, and I have to tell you this, if they, usually there were in my time there were heroin users, yeah, some cocaine users, uh, other drugs, uh, up and down. There's the pills. Not like the opiates today is not as prevalent as opiates are today with the young people. But 100%, folks, I'm telling you, not 99.9%, 100% of the time. And if you ask someone that's shooting up in his veins, in his arteries, in his butt, uh, hypodermic needles, injecting heroin, they tell you their first drug was marijuana. That's 100%. You know, so, uh, so... 
they had a hard time. When I say they, the people who were, who were supporting the legalization uh, of, rec- of recreational marijuana. Can you imagine that? Uh, I got a call him on one call. Oh, Arlene. Okay, that's uh, she's on the line now, folks. Yes, I just got on. Oh, uh, you got on. Okay, just I just introduced you, and uh, I'm glad you are my guest, who uh, I just mentioned a moment ago, the head and president, founder of Diamond Associates. She's an international, uh, recognized, renowned leadership management expert. And uh, if you have any conflict in your workplace, thank God we don't have any in uh, in WGBB twelve. 40 a.m. If we did, Brian would straighten it out. So, uh, so there's no issue there. Uh, so, but I, I let the folks know, Arlene Diamond, that we were going to talk about a big conflict which is going on right now uh, in Washington with uh, our Judge Brett Kavanaugh and the person Christine Blasey Ford, who's accusing him of sexual misconduct. 36 years ago. 36 years ago, Arlene Diamond. What's your thought on that quickly? Not quickly, but go ahead. Yeah. So it's hard to tell what happened, you know, so many years ago and why bring it up now. I mean, obviously the why bring it up now is is political, which makes it kind of hard to swallow. Um, I Also, one of the things I've been talking about a lot, I've been doing workshops on, I've been doing Mm. online courses and webinars and speaking, is what I'm calling the Me Too movement, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'm trying to put it in context. I went online and I pulled up billboards from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, movie billboards. Yes. You know, and we went from in the 50s, people didn't even kiss in the movies. They slept in twin beds. With a dresser in between them, right? In the movies. In the movies, right? <laughs> and in the yeah, in the movies, <laughs> in real life. Right. But in the seventies, you had three or four or twelve, you know, people naked in the same bed having multiple sex. Yes. You know, we had so many changes in what was considered the norm and socially appropriate. Mm. Um, when women got the pill, all of a sudden they were liberated. We had open marriage. We had co-ed dorms. So there were a lot of things that were, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just putting it in context. There were a lot of things that were commonly done in a prior era that we now say are wrong and we, and we now frown upon. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I, I get and I prove and I, I'm working hard with cleaning up our act. Um, you know, I was a teenage girl, and, and I'm a redhead, and I modeled. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you I have had more than my share of uh, <laughs> having to fight guys off when I was a kid. Uh, you're a Bronx girl, so I I'm believe you. I believe you. Subway, in California, so. that's, right. I, that's right. You went I mean, to Yankee Stadium. You hung out on Grand Concourse. I know. That's right. You know? That's right. You're right. You got it right. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, you learn how to handle yourself. So that so So part of what bothers me is the way Dr. Ford is handling this. Mm. I'm going to assume, just just because, I, you know, for, just for argument's sake, I'm going to assume that it happened. I'm going to assume oh. they were at a party, they were, what, they were doing, getting drunk in bathing suits at a party, I don't know. But, and, you know, give her, give her full assumption. For her to start talking about how painful it is today, she wasn't raped, it wasn't incest, it was a teenage boy, Right? 
If it happened, by the way. If it happened, I'm just saying. I'm, Correct. I'm going to give her full assumption. That yes, she said that. Yes. Yeah, just for argument's sake. Yeah. But the way she's handling it is as if she's just this mousy, vulnerable, scared. It's the only time she's ever seen a boy in her life because she was in a nunnery person. And I think it's phony. And I think it demeans women. Because, look, stuff happens growing up. There's just no mm -hmm. question that, you know, we get bruised. None of, none of us go through life unscathed. Correct. There are things that happen. And, and you need to get over them and get on with your life and not still keep using them as an excuse about life. And and for her to be crying when she thinks about it, for me that that just seems as though, and I don't mean to be callous, but it sounds like she's being phony. Well, you're a good judge on that. And, I, you think know, so. yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. But it's orchestrated. That's you know. It feels that way. Yeah, it it, and it looks that way to me anyway, and a lot of other yeah. people. Now, you mentioned the Me Too movement. She's involved in the Me Too movement. Yes, and uh, she was parading around. I'm quoting what they say. They wear, and they call themselves, uh, anyway, they wear pussy hats. That's what they call them, pink pussy hats. And she's out there parading one prior to all that. She looked very happy. Not somebody that had a traumatic, tra you know, yeah. traumatic event when she was a teenager, like you said. Uh, you know, again, uh, we go through life and these, and as they say, SH happens in life, you know. So, but it's an, I think it's an agenda. I think it's a plan, you know, and, and look at the timing on it also, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that, the other issue, of course, is, is what the Democrats did in terms of sitting on it. Anna Eshoo and, and Dianne Feinstein. Correct. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> your, your, your uh, neighbors. Yeah, my neighbors. Not your neighbors, quite. Uh, not, quite. not quite. But, yeah. uh, but why did she hang on it anyway? You know, you, I, to the, pretty much, as they say, to the last minute. Yeah, no, that, yeah, certainly that was orchestrated. That part was orchestrated. And, and it, you know, it's, it's really hard to talk about in a sense, Lou, because nobody wants to be callous and nobody is negating that bad stuff does in fact happen to girls. I mean, it does. And and the Me Too movement, I think, is doing a, a remarkable job of um, making that stop. So, mm -hmm. you know, we all want to be sensitive to that, and we all want to look as though, you know, we're on the side of the angels, and I always wind up somehow taking the distaff side, as it were. Right. Uh, but I think we have to be fair. I think that we're losing complete sight of due process, and we're losing complete sight of, of context, of putting it, I mean, I, I think if you were to do a survey of the next hundred women that you meet and you say to them, have you ever had to fend off uh, a boy when you were a teenager? Mm. I would bet of the hundred women you surveyed, 95 would say, of course I did. Mm. None of them stopped me, by the way. Okay. So You're anyway. an angel, huh? I know sometimes I don't believe it. No, I know. <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, you, you mentioned a, a great, uh, you know, Arlene Diamond, due process. Now, uh, how could there be due process? Now, you imagine going, uh, just mostly for the audience, because Arlene Diamond is pretty much aware of what I'm saying and not take anything away from my audience, but imagine going before a judge during a, uh, what they call a bench trial, 
or going before a jury, which is called a jury trial, and they come out and say, everyone, oh, he or she is guilty before the evidence. And that's what's happening here. There is yes, no, there is no yes. due process, like you said. There's no due process. Every Democratic senator uh, that has part, that's taking, uh, playing a part in the confirmation is saying, uh, he's completely guilty. They haven't heard the evidence. They haven't, they haven't, she hasn't spoken before them. How the heck does that happen? You know? There's absolutely no due process. No, whether. Trial by media more than anything else. Uh, well, more than media. These are the U.S. Uh, United States senators. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, there's no, what, what can constitutional rights are? Uh, he's a judge and he's not given any constitutional rights in regard to this. So. Nobody is. One of the things I fight in my in the corporate world because when I'm going in and you know trying to deal with these uh, he says she said cases right. in, in the workplace, and and one of the biggest mistakes is the person doing the the so-called investigation because it's mm. never unbiased. You know that person is assuming guilt and promises the uh, the, the complainant, the alleged victim, confidentiality. Right. Well, you pro- if you promise confidentiality, you cannot give the accused his rights. Mm. Very true. Right. I mean, and mm. and the in the workplace this happens day in and day. That's why I wrote my book on workplace investigations. Mm. The book I, is I workplace the, investigation, folks. Don't forget it's Amazon. Workplace investigation on Amazon. Yeah, I, okay. I, yeah. I exactly <laughs> right. Book. Okay. Um, but um, because they they don't know how to do neutral investigations. There's just no, you know, no sense of neutrality that's happening. There's, um, there's just an absolute assumption that the allegation is true, and it, and it may be that there's a thread of truth, but you know, people's perceptions are different. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what, what it actually happened may be somewhat different um, from what she's remembering. To, just to give her full credit, you know, to just just to hypothetically assume that you know the woman is, which I don't, by the way, but you know, just to be hypothetically assuming that she's, you know, doing all the right, right things and being honest, etc. Uh, the name of the book, by the way, is Conducting Workplace Investigation. Oh, good. Designated good. Investigator. I had to go look. I couldn't remember oh, the name great, of my great. Other place, you have so many, uh, you know, top uh, selling books, best selling books, I should say. I, I don't blame you. Uh, so, yeah. he, yes, and, and, no, it, it is rough. Now, I have to ask you this before I forget. Uh, have you had similar uh, things like this that you had to do in, in, uh, in, in your work that you do in, in corporations and uh, in, in the workplace environment where he said, she said? Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, similar. Yeah, I, I mean, similar. I been, there have been cases that have been absolutely true. Um, there, there are men. I'm just going to stereotype for a minute. But you can. Okay. There are men who are absolute disgusting bullies. Mm. There's no question about it. And they take advantage, not of strong women. They, they take advantage of the women that are the most vulnerable, mm. that are the scaredest, that need their jobs the most, you know, women that they think they can get away with. Yeah, and I've been involved in some of those, and, and we have correctly disciplined the men at the men involved, and and given counseling to the women. But, you know, I was a therapist for over 20 years, and I've heard God knows how many stories. I've heard stories of women 
who have been uh, victimized, I mean, day in and day out by mm. their father. And there's mm. nothing, nothing worse than incest. I mean, it is, the, you know, where you're supposed to be safest. Right. You know, you're, you're hurt the most. Um, and... Mm. Uh, and the sad I mean, there's terrible things that have happened. There's no no doubt about it. And you've seen you've seen many of it. But the sad thing with this with the incest, that they're so young they don't know any better. They think it's norm. You know. They, well, sometimes that's true. Sometimes they, they do. But sometimes you know. they're in their teens when it's happening. Oh, well, that's they're, yeah. know, they're old enough where they, mm. they know damn well. Uh, but unfortunately, in all too many, this is a subject for another interview. But in all too many cases like that. The mother is culpable. The mother is aware that it's going on, and there's kind of, well, you know, let her do it. Let him do it to her, so that way he doesn't bother me. Oh boy! Or they yeah. might lose the breadwinner. Right. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. So I mean, there's bad stuff that does happen, and the Me Too movement, I think, is going to have that statistic reduced uh, considerably. I, you but know, then there's yeah. stuff like this, which is clearly politically motivated. Mm. True or false, it's still clearly politically motivated. It, it, it is, and you know the sad part of it is so obvious. You know, I mean, it's not like it's the last minute before he's supposed to be appointed to the United States yeah. Supreme Court. Uh, Senator Feinstein had this information, I think, a couple of weeks before. Uh, they, uh, you know, did she make a similar complaint about the last nomination for Supreme Court? I don't justice? recall. But you know, there is some word on that. I'm not sure if it's. If, if it's true, someone say she did a similar thing against the previous uh, appointee by uh, Donald Trump. Oh. So I, I'm not sure if that's accurate, but uh, I didn't get a chance to research it. But they said she she's done that before, you know. So I don't know I, if that's the case. I you know, but the, what's what's worse than that? Now, you, from your experience, uh, what would you call that person? Would you call that person a witness, a defendant? Uh, uh, what would the person? Which that, person? Did well, mostly the doctor. Like, yeah, no, I mean the doctor. Let's. Uh, uh, oh, well, let's well, forward. the what, doctor, the doctor is, she, the, is the alleged victim. The alleged victim. Now, but the victim is dictating the process of these hearings of what's going to go on. Well, the I, thing that's the most absurd about that, well, that was that that whole vulnerability thing. Correct. Here's yes. Things happening, and I and I know I'm taking a very unpopular stance, and please nobody shoot me through the radio, you know. <laughs> but look. All of the people on the Senate, because they're all men on the side of trying to make this uh, meeting happen, right? right. The, okay. And they're all kind of walking on eggshells, not wanting to in any way hurt this poor, vulnerable woman, mm. you know, who has had or maybe had this horribly traumatic incident happen. And and that's why I'm annoyed about the, that part of it mm. is... She's a psychologist, for God's sakes. Correct. She actually is teaching at the school that I got my doctorate from. Mm. She's a strong, capable woman. She's not the female version of Casper Milkhost. Hmm. This is a strong, capable woman. Treat her that way and, and make your decisions about her testimony and what rights she has the same way that you would if, if she were a man. Yes. She, she's just not this little shrinking violet that she's mm. pretending to be. Mm. And, you know, give her due, due rights. I mean, I, I, you know, she may be telling 100% the truth. We don't know. I mean, she, she deserves that. But, you know, that raises another thing. Back in the days when I was doing therapy, 
there have been a number of occasions when one of my clients was going for a security clearance of one kind or another. And so there was a release for me to be able to talk to the FBI that was doing the investigation. And I want to tell you, every single time that happened, and the various different FBI agents through the years, they are thorough. They are so thorough that they will find 20 ways to ask you the same question. Right, you know, exactly. did anything else happen? Is there anything that you can think of? Any tiny little thing that you recall? And they go on and on. They are unyielding, unrelenting. They will find out if there's anything to be found out. And you have to consider, here is Kavanaugh. He what, six other times was in a position of going for a position that required FBI investigation? Yes. And never? Did any of this come out before? Looks like it never did. No. And it's not a repressed memory story. That's not the story that they're mm. selling. Well, you know, also she said it was the talk of the school at the time, and then... Nobody seems to find anybody that recalls that. And then there's a lot of things she doesn't remember. And I, I may, if we're not sure, she may bring in some witnesses. If it oh, was a, not remembering part, let me be fair to her. Right. Oh, I understand so, that. 36 days ago, it's hard to remember what we yeah, did. Yeah, I can't remember yesterday. Yeah, exactly. No, so for her to not remember what day it happened or exactly where it was, I'm not, to me, because I've had, I've had situations, I was trying to think about this, mm. and I don't want to get too private about it, too personal. <laughs> But I had a really bad situation happen to me when I first moved up here from uh, New York, when I moved to Los Angeles. Right. I naively got myself stuck in a bad situation. I can tell you what hotel it was at, well. but I don't remember when it was. I remember the guy's name, which I won't make public. Right. But you know, and and I, but but if I were on the witness stand and they were trying to, you know, what date, what time, what this, what that, I'd look like an idiot too, because who remembers that stuff? You yeah. remember the incident. Yeah. I can describe well, the incident to you. You can, because we can recall a bad situation. That's right, why. exactly. Yeah. That's why. So but the fact that, that she's saying she can't remember what date it was or exactly that's fine. what it was. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I she could be 100% honest and yeah. have that happen. Yeah, but my point was she said it was the talk of the school, so there got to be, it had it just couldn't be so secretive like she's saying, like nobody knew about it, she didn't discuss it with her, her parents or, the, you know, or any, any, anyone else, you know. So uh, that could be that would be one of my my questions, you know. Uh, of uh, of course, there's you know, I don't know if the FBI is thorough as you just mentioned. Of course, I've had dealings with them. But yes, they're very thorough, and and a good detective, especially you know, be Lou Bragg, a former New mm -hmm. York City mm -hmm. detective, does that. He'll ask you, uh, he'll ask you the same question f f from a half a dozen different directions, and finally get the truth or the answer. You know? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's what that's what they're trying to do, and they do a great job on that. Yes, uh, I agree. But there's nothing. Of, we're not sure at this stage if she reported it because she says she did not report it. Maybe when she uh, testifies at the hearing, there's a conflict on that. Who do you feel should? I hate to use the word testify, but that's what, well, actually what the person is doing. Who do you think should testify first, her or uh, or Judge Kavanaugh? Well, her. What is it he's going to testify to? That's what I mean. But they, he doesn't I have know. any information. Exactly. But, they, but there's a little conflict on that. That's my point. I know. It's, that's how could they phrase. put him? How could they put him up front? And then she's going to speak. 
It's that part makes no sense whatsoever. And the other part that I really disapprove of is her insisting he not be in the room. People have a right to face their accuser. That's the law. People have a right that's, to face their accuser. Now, it, I mean, clearly he's not going to jump up and attack her. I mean, you know, so what is it that she's afraid of? It's your constitutional right to face your accuser. It's in the books. Yeah. You have, yes. So how could you? And I, I'm just, mm-hmm. I, I get very crazed about this, Lou, because we'll get doing away with due process, and that scares me. Uh, one of the things that's so great about our uh, judicial system is innocent until proven guilty. Yes. Whereas in other countries, like you're guilty Eng- yep. until proven innocent, which like is England. impossible to do. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. We have, uh, I know, you know, we're, we're losing it. And you know what's what happening? The uh, the politicians are going along with it, you know. So well, because, that's why I'm saying, yeah. please, politicians, please, male politicians who are trying to make this thing happen respectfully, stop walking on eggshells. Yeah. Do what you would do under any other normal circumstance. This woman is not... A fragile hothouse flower. Right. Hmm. You, you know, it, it's so true. It was, we were reacting on uh, what I call, what they, you know, when you see it on, the, I'm not going to say CNN, you see it on the a breaking news, a reliable, unknown, confidential, yeah, uh, unnamed source. Right. I mean, <laughs> and we're jumping on that, you know. So, uh, like, where is the, there is no due process of that, but yet, again, we were reacting to that. So I, I hope you're correct. I hope, uh, correct, I hope they treat her the way you said she should be treated, because she should. Now, there, there's some, uh, now I understand there were some complaints in her school from students for quite a while. Are you familiar with that? No. Oh, yeah. They said she was the bully, she was arrogant, she was obnoxious. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so she's not this little uh, little girl that we, we want to sort of... No, uh, I don't think that she is. There's nothing about her that makes me think that she's like what I'm calling a hothouse flower. Yes. Yeah. But they, no, and as I told you, I mean, I got my doctoral degree from that school, which I think is yeah. kind of funny, um, was, hmm. long before she was teaching there. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is a professional, competent woman. But but there's there's so many things that you connect to it. That's why I, I say it's, in my feeling it's so it's orchestrated. Besides these complaints that oh, I use the word allegedly got, uh, received from students throughout the years, uh, there's a connection with a, you know, again political, which may have nothing to do with this. But we're, we're talking about Russian collusion all over the place. A brother worked for a law firm, Baker. Hosty, uh, which, oh, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah which was linked to the uh, Russian uh, investigation. There's so many things <laughs> there. Uh, I, I don't know. That's that's in in the background. So, the FBI ought to be investigating her, is what you're saying. Uh, absolutely. You know, yeah. somebody uh, suggested that. You know, that they should. But you know, again, I hate to say this. How do you trust the? You know, with all due respect to them, how do you trust the FBI today? I hate to say that. Oh God! So yeah. I, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I, um, you know, it's we're we're in a weird era because I, you know, I look at what's happening in the workplace, and and to my clients. Right. And the men that I'm talking to are all walking on eggshells. They're afraid to talk to a woman. 
uh, over and over again, I hear uh, men say, "Ooh, oops, I didn't mean to say that," kind of thing. Um, I had a really lovely young man in a meeting the other day. Basically, asked that the tape recorder be turned off and reversed because mm. he accidentally said something that he thought might be construed as um, discrimination. Oh boy! Which it wasn't. I mean, but you know, that's how hypersensitive men who are mentoring women are no longer taking them to lunch. So, there's, mm. you know, there's a backlash that's happening. But the other part of it is that there is this operating assumption. Here we are. We're supposed to be feminists. We fought for equality. We're still fighting for equality. We fought for equality. And yet, on the other hand, we're saying, oh, poor me, we are so vulnerable and weak that we can't even hear a dirty joke. Yes. There's a hypocrisy going on. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of crazy. I mean, I, I respect, I mean, and I, this is stuff I teach, you know. I respect that we're from all religions, all cultures, and that we really need to clean up our act and be more conservative. That, that, that the workplace has gotten, or life, basically, has gotten really loose. Well, you know? And, you, and we you, do need to be a little bit more polite, a little bit more formal, a little less uh, cursing and things like that. Well, that's, that's you know, that's, that's actually old-fashioned, which... Yeah. Yeah. You know, the old uh, story, which you've heard before, of a gentleman holding the door open for a lady, right. you know, things like that. Uh, tipping your hat, which, forget about it, you know. Yeah. And uh, ladies first, as they say. That's I have no problem with that, you know. No, nor, nor, nor do I, because I yeah. like being waited on hand and foot. Yes, and I, I don't mind doing that with you. Yeah. You know. But the with feminist women. movement made men crazy. You know, I can open my own door. What do you think? I'm weak? You know, that kind of thing. Oh, exactly. They get, oh, I know that. You know, and that's part of when I, when I, when I do mm. these trainings, that's part of what I talk about. You've got to look at context. There was, what was right at one time became wrong, and mm. now it's getting right again. Um, you know, there was, if you go back to, you know, the Puritan era, and I have, I actually have a slide of, you know, <laughs> formal dinner party, and after dinner, the men go into the other room to smoke their just cigars oh, and great. drink their brandy. You know, never say, never say a curse word in front of a woman. Mm. You know, and then you go to the Nixon tapes, and the F words used, you know, every other word on the Nixon tapes. Right. Uh, and, and that was perfectly acceptable because it was just a room full of men. Correct. Mm. And our standards have changed, and and let's be fair. Let's say our standards have changed, and not go back, and and punish someone for doing a behavior that in the era in which it was done was considered normal. Mm. You, you know, it's it just from where I from where I sit. You know, usually for for many years. Uh, with a female that I meet or talk to or in, in business or socially, whatever, I dislike, truthfully, to shake a hand with, with a, a lady or a female or a woman. I don't even know what I could say about allowed to say today, you know. Uh, I would hold a hand and kiss them on the cheek. Uh-huh. I, anymore you won't. You know, that my whole life that's been acceptable. I don't, I'm, I'm a little weary about doing that anymore. That's right. I know a lot of men have said that to me. I'm a hugger, you know. I'm not going to hug anymore. Men, yes. dozens of men have said something similar to that. Right. Men are, tr- I mean, I'm talking about really good-natured, decent human being men are trying their very best to conform to what they see as a very scary, wrought, 
fraught. That's the word I'm looking for. Right. Fraught with danger. Men are afraid they are going to be the next victim mm. of an attack. Mm. Yeah, and a civil suit. You know, uh, well, that's pretty much the same. Yeah. My yeah. guess, my guess is Arlene Diamond. Talk about your latest book. You, you just corrected me. The, the, the oh, exact yeah. Name of it. Uh, so because I've been involved in so many of these, he said, she said, she said, yeah, right. cases. <laughs> right. She's like, she, I can't even get the words out of my mouth. Right. Um, what what I did is I, I I actually wrote a book to help people do workplace investigations, and it's conducting workplace investigations, designated investigator, and the focus of the book is on helping people look at their own unconscious biases and get past those biases. So there's also a lot of how-to stuff in terms of what kind of questions to ask and not ask and, you know, how you go about doing it, the process part. But the, but the primary focus is to try to get to fairness and neutrality in due process. So it's conducting workplace uh, investigations. You can get it from Amazon. You can contact me, and I can, you know, mail you a copy. Uh, you can get it from my publisher, which is Robertson Publishing in Los Gatos, California. Um, Amazon's probably the quickest, easiest yes. way. It's a small book. It's an inexpensive book, uh, and it's just it literally filled with useful information. Mm. The other book that is also useful in, in regard to this conversation that we're having is Conflict in the Workplace, Causes and Cures, which I wrote a couple of years ago. Um, and it's how to do conflict resolution, how to mediate disputes, you know, how to, how to kind of figure out if it's mild or, you know, yeah. severe, things of that nature. Well, do you, do you find in doing that uh, most of the people that you target, let me put it that way, are males? In the workplace, because because they're usually the boss. Um, well, I'm here in Silicon Valley. Uh, I mean, I would say yeah, probably seventy percent um, mm. of the CEOs, seventy eighty percent of CEOs yeah. who hire me are male. Yeah. Um, I am uh, the people that I wind up coaching on a long term basis, where I meet with them, you know, say a couple times a month. Uh, probably there's more women than men that fall into that category. Right. Um, I agree. But, yeah, yeah the high-level, ex- the higher the level of executive, the more they tend to like me. Um, CEOs oh. <laughs> tend to be the ones that, that enjoy bringing me into their companies. Right. Because um, I get it. I understand the bottom line. I understand that. And what I do, Lou, is I work with people rather than at them. Right. And, and that's a real mm. distinction in the consulting world. Because all too often, somebody pays a consultant, to, you know, big bucks, yeah. and they come in and they do an investigation or, you know, an interview or, you know, and, and they write a report saying what ought to be done. What I do is I go in and I work directly with the people, helping them figure it out and helping them create the systems that are going to make it work better. Mm. So, you're, so you're, they're not telling you, who you, people that you work for, what to write that's correct. Yeah, I'm, I'm working with. And they, and and you and you uh, you make them understand that once they rehire you, that's what you're going to do. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And 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 what I'm doing obviously is working to make myself obsolete. Yes. Because my my job is to make the people I'm working with effective. Mm. You know, so I wind up being 
obviously I'm, I'm in the foreground in the beginning, but I wind up being somewhat in the background with people that are in the organization getting the credit for whatever change we're making. Right. Mm. So we, we wind up making lots of positive changes. People can look at my website, which is yes. www.diamondassociates.net, and there are a number of letters there that are really specific in terms of work that I've done for particular clients. Oh, and you have the, you, you put the list out there, um, all in the list, the list? Of, of your clients, of previous clients. You uh, do that, there's you, a partial list of partial list. name clients, okay. yeah, as opposed to the you know the right. people that other people wouldn't recognize. That's true too. Yeah, there is a list. Yeah, uh, have you found? Have you found has been a change now in in, in the different uh, conf- conflicts? You know, when you come in and they uh, you know when they want you to uh, uh, you know straighten out a conflict. Has that changed? Is it uh, because now? Well, most recently, because of the Me Too movement, yes, it, yes, it's the hot topic, Correct. obviously, yeah. is you know uh, boys and girls working together kind of thing. Mm. Um, I'm actually doing some consulting now with the school district, helping them to develop their uh, program on you know, on reporting and investigating and you know understanding what's going on, by, both by teachers and students. So everybody right now is focused on um, what's primarily, you know, boy-girl, man-woman relationships right. and how to how to sterilize them. Oh boy! <laughs> Seriously. I know. I, I know. I, I see that. I know. It's interesting, but look, like you said, it's 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 changed. You know. And yeah. No. It's it's it's. The other things are still happening, but this seems to be the primary focus. I'm speaking at a conference locally Tuesday oh. on um, a bullying a bullying prevention conf- uh, um, conference, and my topic is on conflict resolution. And one of the things I'm going to be talking about is how we, we need to teach children how to resolve their own conflict rather than doing it for them all the time. Mm. Everything, I don't know about the rest of the country, but everything out here is parental supervised. Kids have almost no free time because you can't go from here to there without having to drive a car to get there. Yeah. Which means, you know, parents everywhere. Well, that, that's, that's good. Well, where I am out in Long Island, it's pretty much the same as yeah. same thing. You know, you can't, the kids can't go to any activities or meetings, and especially in yeah, the and evening. everything's structured. Everything's, you know. So, you know, well, I was a street kid, as you, you know. We, as I know. As you know. <laughs> uh, and so, what? How, you know, get come home in time for dinner kind of thing. That's and true. so, That's we true. learned how to deal with conflicts. We learned how to communicate. We learned how to negotiate. And we also learned how to protect ourselves. Yes. It, it was a different world back then. Mm. Well, you had the benefit, uh, you know, because you had, you had the experience before you got into this business that you were in. And yes, yeah. and I worked for a living too. I mean, I was I was the girl, you know. I was a secretary. I was a bookkeeper. I was an office manager. I was a credit and collections manager. I was, mm. an, in those days, an executive secretary with awesome kinds of responsibilities. And then when I came out to California, I uh, mm. went to school nights and worked days. So I, I mean, I have a huge business background, which is what enables me to actually work with people because I'm practical. Right, right. You're a people person, and uh, yeah, 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 and, and and that's what you need. You need people. You need people like you. Instead of someone going to, uh, 
college and get a master's degree and everything and have really no people skills. That's right. Yeah, no, and it's. I think it's really true. I think one of my unique selling points has been there, done that before yeah. becoming a consultant. Exactly, and that's uh, which we're lacking today. Yeah. You know? And you talk. You talk about how you work your way through. You know, educational wise. The kids today, and you know, the, whatever you call them, the new millenniums, uh, is that you know, again, it's free stuff. They don't. They're not going to go work. You know, the old. There used to be an old thing. A guy would knock on the door. I'm selling vacuums. I'm working my way through college. <laughs> you remember those those things, right? Uh-huh. I mean, this well, was most people worked their way through college many That's years right. ago. Yeah, and so. guess what? People paid for college. Yes, and they pay. Okay. That's, you know, yes. It, 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 yeah. Another subject altogether, but you know, now you have all of these these college student loans, and they've been forgiven. You know, <laughs> I never got a student loan. I never got a single loan. I worked my, you know what, off. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> and I'm so jealous. Ah, <laughs> uh, you, you you know, and, and yet they're arrogant. I hate to say that. You know, like it's like it's coming to them. I, you know, I don't want to generalize and talk about a group, but that's what I find yeah. with a lot of young college age people. You know, well, and because again, they're told that it was unfair. They're told that college should be free. Oh. Um, everything in life is supposed to be free. I would really like it if my clothing allowance were free. <laughs> if somebody would just say to me. I know. Clothes, yeah, because I'm a clothes horse. I love buying clothing. Oh. Um, you know, please tell me that you know I can get all of my clothes for free. That would be very cool. Imagine just going to working your way through college. <laughs> do that. I, yeah. I know I'm a suit and tie guy when I had to be, and I always, you know, except when I worked undercover. I'm not going to talk about myself, and I just, you know, like people would be afraid of me. So yeah. But uh, yeah, we did what we, we did what we had to do. We did what we had to do, right? Yeah, many, you know, many of us earn a living and go to school. Yeah, and um, sometimes we're easier than others. You did, and people. sometimes mm. we're really incredibly hard. Well, it's, it's amazing. So, well, uh, how many books have you written? I, I think I saw I've half a six. dozen. Six. I just well, I half published a dozen. six. Published. Let's put it that way. Six. six. Were published. Right. And my guests uh-huh. are Arlene Diamond. Arlene. Uh, I, I know. I, I, Arlene, I, I know. do that all the time. I got correct. Yeah, I, I, and you do correct, which is good. And, and I got, by the way, I got a big capital L so I can say Arlene. Yes, right. I got that yes, right in front of me. But I'm capital so capital used to you being from the Bronx, so, you know, I didn't, you know. You <laughs> were know. probably Arlene uh, well, on, so in no, the Bronx. No, no. I'm only kidding. Only kidding. All through, all through school, because I fought when I was a kid, obviously. Hmm. But from at least from the time of junior high school, it was Lynn. Uh, yes. And I still have, you know, those of them that, is, that are alive, my high school friends still refer to me as Lynn. Or Redhead, you know. Oh, the, the, the Redhead. I, yeah, I know. The Redhead. The, the, the um, Redhead, yes. Those, and can you can a, can a guy say that to you? Well, look at the Redhead without getting in trouble? <laughs> it works for me, I don't know. Okay, good. I'd probably get in trouble with somebody. Yes. Probably. Uh, absolutely. Um, and since we're pumping me and talking about me, let me, can I just say I love yes. to travel and that my clients actually oh. are... I mean, it's not all over the world, but they're international. Yes. But, um, but in particular, I love coming to the East Coast. Okay. So anybody, anybody that needs a consultant, don't be, don't be afraid to uh, contact me because I'm in California. That's well. Uh, tell you what, give out all your contact information right now so they can. Diamondassociates.net. 
Right. Uh, uh, Arlene, A-R-L-Y-N-E, at diamondassociates.net. My phone number is 408-554-0110. Any excuse to come to the East Coast is Gratefully received. Oh, great. You know, when I, when I retired, I became a private investigator, and one of the things which I didn't create, I stole it from a TV show, uh, have gun, we'll travel. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Then, I, don't think I, I don't think I can legally get away with saying that. I, I know, I know. <laughs> I know that. That was still quite a while ago. But yeah. I, I would use that. And not, have PowerPoint, we'll travel. Uh, yes, it was, because it wasn't the name of the uh, Right. My company, but yeah. I put in there, have gun, we'll travel. That's good. You know? That's clever. So, uh, like you, you, you know, you, uh, if you have a conflict, I'll travel. And you, uh, yeah, and I, you know what, people may think I'm crazy when I tell you this. I love working with conflict. Most people are afraid of anger, they're afraid of emotion, they're afraid of people crying, they're afraid of conflict, mm. they're afraid of surfacing what's true. But you know what? If you can't surface, issues you can't solve the issues and a lot of times because time you know so much time has passed since whatever the issue started people are highly emotionalized highly polarized and i love getting in there and helping them learn how to communicate with each other and how to solve the problems and what what winds up happening is um, they wind up finding simpler ways to, to work together because part of what causes the conflict is one department sets up these rules thinking, you know, that they're useful. But those rules wind up making the other department have to do, you know, triple, mm. I'm exaggerating, but double work. And so when they start talking these things out, it's amazing how much money winds up getting saved for the company. Mm. Uh, you know what this And plus you enjoy the end results. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. It's, uh, yeah, I, there were times that, uh, not to mention the jobs I had, I did not love going to work, but you love going to work. I love uh, it, yeah. All in Diamond was my guest. We ran out of time, and I still try to get her on longer, 10 or 12 more minutes. All in is always a pleasure. I have to have you come back. Okay. Diamondassociates.net. Yes. And if we can get your book on Amazon, the name of the book quickly, we're going off. Your latest book? Workplace Investigations, Designated Investigator. Uh, beautiful. Thank you, the Bronx Redhead. I thank you again. <laughs> Thanks, Lou. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, yes, bye-bye. All right, folks. Uh, half hour and ten minutes went quick. Uh, this is Lou Tolano. Thanks for listening to Streetwise, and catch you later. to Streetwise on the station that serves your community, WGBB AM 1240 and W240DF FM 95.9. The views expressed in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB.